Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Downtown Harbor Church. My name is Adam. I'm the lead communicator around here. Um, I was fortunate enough to have a couple of weeks off from communicating, which was nice. Christina Florio, our family ministry director, filled in two weeks ago as she talked about love. And then last week, John, our executive director, talked about um, stories. And so I said, you know, to wrap this series up today, let's bring the old boy back. huh? So the old boy's back up here on the stage. And I'll be here actually for the rest of the year, 2016, which I'm really excited about. So um, thanks to them for filling in and doing such an amazing job. So we're wrapping up this series, Six Things Over Time. And what we've done is we've looked at these things that we think kids and teenagers and more specifically, just people in general need over time. And we take our lead from the scripture as we've developed these things and seen what Jesus has to say about what we need over time. But before we begin, let me give you an analogy. We kind of look at time like this, like it's a jar of marbles. And there are 936 marbles in this jar. And 936 marbles represents the amount of weeks, one per week, that we have with a kid from the time he or she is born to the time that they graduate high school. And we kind of look at time as influence. We kind of think that, you know, we have a limited amount of time to influence kids and teenagers. And so what we encourage families to do is get a jar of these marbles, put them in your home, and then every single week take one out so that you can actually see the time that you have left because see when you see the time that you have left you tend to value the time that you have now when you see the time that you have left you tend to make those moments that matter matter even more and so what we've said is time is running out there are just a number of things that we think kids and teenagers need over time and we've been talking about that during this series and so what I want to do is just tell you as well, this comes, this idea, this analogy comes straight from the scripture. See, in Psalm 90:12, Moses wrote this, teach us to number our days that it may give us a heart of wisdom, that we may care just a little bit more, that we may make wise decisions related to those who are in our lives. And even if you're not a parent, maybe it's your niece or a nephew or a kid that you invest in or a kid who's in your life or you're a volunteer somewhere. This is how important this is so we can see the time that we have left. And so those six things that we've gone over are really important. And the first one was time. See, time is so important. When you invest time over time in the life of a kid or teenager or someone else, here's what happens. You make history. You make memories that are worth repeating. You make history. And then we talked about words. And words are so important because a lot of times we're loose with our words. But when we understand the weight of our words, we understand that we can influence the direction in someone else's life. And my goodness, wouldn't our words be different if we understood about the direction of someone else? And then we talked about love. Christina talked about love and what an awesome thing that this is. And that Jesus told us what to do as we talked about love. That we need to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then love our neighbor as ourself. And then last week, John talked about stories and what it looks like when stories enter into the life of a kid or a teenager or you as an individual, as an adult, because it helps shape your perspective about someone else or a place in time. It helps shape your perspective based on that. And they're so, gosh, so important. And today we're going to talk about another one. Actually, we're going to talk about two as we wrap. But today I want to talk about this word and what it means, tribes. Now, you might hear tribe and think, well, I'm going to talk about, you know, an ancient group of people who were organized into a tribe. No, 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 I'm not going to talk about that. See, we believe this tribe word means it just represents like a group. It represents a group of people who are kind of on mission together, doing maybe the same thing together, who care about each other and who support each other. It's so essential that tribes are a part of our life and what we're doing, right? So tribes are key to every one of us. And we believe at Downtown Harbor Church that we're kind of like one big tribe. 
And there are many tribes, like amongst us, right? But tribes are these things that help give people understanding that they belong and help them engage with something. Tribes are so, so important. So before we talk about why we need tribes over time as it's running out, let me ask you a question. You ever walk into a room full of strangers? You ever walk into a room full of strangers? I did it last night at a Halloween party. Haven't done it from what I can remember in a long time. Boy, is it brutal, right? Like, I mean, you don't know anybody, and you're trying to figure out who is that person. Should I talk to that person? He kind of looks cool, and like, then you kind of meet like one of the guys who like knows about sports, and you're like, yeah, you see the game, right? And like, I don't know if you know me, but I didn't see the game. Like, I, I mean, I mean, I watched the World Series, but I'm not like, I, that's just me, right? I'm a baseball fan, but that's it. And so walking into a room full of strangers is kind of different. It's difficult, specifically if you've not engaged with church in a while. Or you've been trying to engage with church, but you're just trying to break through, and how do I go to this place? Are they friendly? Are they going to accept me? How, how does that work? And I don't know anybody. Is anybody going to say hi to me or talk to me? What does that look like? It's not really comfortable, is it? Especially because if we were being honest with ourselves, deep down, even those of us who might consider ourselves loners, we all want to be a part of something. We all want to be a part of something with someone else. We all need a tribe. We all want to be a part of something significant. I, th I think I can say it best like this. Basically, here's what I want to say. Basically, people need people, right? People in life need people. People need each other to go through things together, for a shoulder to cry on, for a family event to have fun at. People need people. People need a tribe. There's someone who's been coming to Downtown Harbor Church for a number of months, and I love this story. And she came in, and she, we said hi to her, and she had tried to come for a couple of weeks and tried to get connected. But she told me, she goes, you know, I just don't really feel that I'm connecting. But then finally, she hung out in the lobby one day and got to know some people and started to interact and started to engage. And all of a sudden, they became friends. And you know what? Here's the truth about all of that. This is why this is so important. Because people need a tribe. And historically, what people have said in churches, this is why it's so important, don't miss this. People have thought that a tribe inside of a local church is when the lead guy or the lead gal or a staff member approaches them and goes out to dinner or has coffee with them. Listen, that's important and we're going to do that. But that is not a tribe. A tribe is you all who are a part of Downtown Harbor Church engaging not only with us, don't miss this, but with each other. That's what's so important. That's why we've strategically designed events that we go to in our city so people can just hang out and get to know each other and build organic relationships together. I want to tell you a little bit about our strategy here at Downtown Harbor Church as we talk about tribes. So we have a strategy around here that we don't do small groups. Now, let me talk about this for a second. Small groups, if you've ever been around churches, are a good thing. They're not a bad thing, but people kind of, you know, organize into groups and they get together and they do life together and they do relationships together. Um, but, but, you know, in, in my life, and tell me if you're like this, I didn't ever really get this, even though I had been a part of small groups for a long time, because basically, like, it was like the local church, like, corralling people into these groups and telling these people, these are your friends. Interact with these people here. These are your friends. And you know, it's, it, I kind of thought about it like this. It's kind of like, like your first birthday party and your last birthday party, right? It's the only birthday party you'll have where people in the room have to tell you who your friends are. Like, you know, it's, it's true, right? Hey, listen, what, these are your friends. Say thank you for coming to my birthday party. Like, the only time it happens is your first one and your last one. And that's kind of what I've experienced being in part of small groups in the local church. Hey, these are your friends. This is who you need to interact with. That's why we have chosen not to do that. And hear me out on this as to why. 
Because our goal and our strategy was to reach people and engage with people who weren't already involved in a local church, who couldn't engage with local churches, who were disenfranchised. Those are the 87% of people in our community who don't go to any local church. That's why we said we have a different strategy. We're going to go to city events based on what the city's already doing. Next Sunday is the Fort Lauderdale Jazz Brunch. We go over there together the first Sunday of every month. The Winterfest Boat Parade is coming up, and we're going to go there just to hang out with each other. That way we can kind of build organic relationships. And if people need people, I'm charging you all, as the folks who come to Downtown Harbor Church, engage at those events. Build relationships. Friend someone on Facebook. Get someone's number, right? If you're single around here, there's, a, there's singles groups. are all over. Like It's exciting, right? But here's what you got to do. Do that. you got to interact with each other because people, what? Need people. Because tribes over time equal belonging. Tribes over time equal belonging. Tribes over time, when you engage, it lets you know as a person, as you develop work, that you belong. You're a part of something wherever you are at in life. Tribes over time equal belonging. And related to kids and teenagers... Those kids who are downstairs, some of them are yours, right? You need to know that they are connecting to two kinds of tribes. And if you're not a parent yet, you're going to understand this as you become a parent. Kids are connecting to two kinds of tribes, and we think they need two tribes in their life that are so important. The first one's this. The first one is the local church. We believe that the local church is the hope of the world, a bright light shining in a dark, broken world. So the kids need the local church, but they also need this tribe. They need the family. They need their family. So when those two tribes exist, kids understand what? That they belong. That they have a sense of belonging in their life. Now, this is not my idea. Throughout the scripture, there had been tribes. But I always want to tell you here at Downtown Harbor Church, we take our lead directly from who always? Jesus. And here's something I want to tell you about him. Jesus believed in tribes. Jesus believed in this strategy. Jesus knew and understood how much people needed a tribe and needed a place to belong. So Jesus believed in tribes. In fact, he started his own tribe of 12. Jesus started with 12. And he did that so that they could build relationship with each other. And they became his followers. The scriptures call them um, his disciples. And they were his 12. They were the people who were his tribe. They did life together. They built relationship together. They loved each other, right? And I want to tell you a little bit about them. Because a lot of times we're like, who were these 12? Who were these guys that were his closest followers, his group, his tribe? Who were they? Well, in Matthew chapter 10, it says this. It says, these are the names of the 12 apostles. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector. Don't miss this, right? There, there are all kinds of different people inside this tribe. They weren't all like each other. They were all different, right? James, son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him, right? It's so important for us to understand that this idea, this thing of tribes, this belonging started directly with Jesus. And let me tell you about a couple of things that they did together. They ate together. These people ate together. The scripture supports it. They had meals together. They sat around with each other and talked. And I don't know exactly what went on at those meals, but I bet they were fun. And I bet they enjoyed each other's company and they laughed a little bit and got to know each other and helped each other through problems. They prayed together. Scripture teaches us that. They were a group of people, Jesus' first tribe, who prayed together. And then I love this one the most. They served together. One of the most awesome things at Downtown Harbor Church 
is volunteering and people who engage with that. And so if you're not engaged with that necessarily, I would encourage you to. But I think this is so important for us to understand. They ate together, they prayed together, and they served together. But I want to talk for a moment kind of directly to you guys who are here. Because so often people have told us that in their experience with the local church, they felt like they couldn't engage or be a part of the tribe because of whatever's going on in their life, because they've been burned, because of their history. I want to make a statement right here. Once you decide to engage with Downtown Harbor Church, or you even come or you say this, I want to engage here. Here's what I want you to know. You belong. You belong. Bring everything you got. Nothing's too big. All your drama because you know you got it and I got it too. Bring it all, right? Right where you're at. And we want people to be engaged with us because you belong. doesn't matter if you're broken. Because you know what? People are broken. Life is hard. It's difficult every single day. Bring your wounds. People are wounded. They've been wounded by the church. They've been wounded by their family, but they've been wounded by each other. It doesn't matter. Bring your wounds. We want them all. Bring your loneliness. You belong at Downtown Harbor Church. You are a part of this tribe. Connect with each other and with us so that we can do amazing things in our city and we can do even more of them. Jesus said to all of us, hey, listen, um, I'm going to stand at the door and knock and you have the opportunity to open it or not. Um, and what we want you to know at Downtown Harbor Church is, don't miss this. There's going to be times in your life where you're broken, wounded, and lonely. And I just want you to know, we started this, we started saying this, and we started DHC, but no matter where you go or whatever you do, just so you know, you will always, always, always have a seat at this table. It's the story, if you've never heard it, of the prodigal son, which John talked about a little bit last week. We encourage you to read, right? They will always have a seat at this table. The door is always open, no matter where you go in life. So that we can understand that we all have a place to belong. Why do you think Norm kept going back to Cheers, right? It's the truth. It was so funny because we had some volunteers who were teenagers in our first service. And they're sitting there and I said that line and that joke. And they're like, what's Cheers? And I was like, oh man, I'd be old. I'm getting old. All right, but here's the deal. No matter where you go, no matter whatever you do, you'll always have a seat at our table. We want people to belong. See, tribes over time... Show us how to belong. Tribes over time show us how to belong and how to engage with each other. And I love all of the new people who are coming to Downtown Harbor Church and engaging with us. We've been doing this for just over a year. If you're new with us or you haven't engaged yet, engage. Let's, let's hang out. Let's do something. Come to the jazz brunch next week so we can just meet each other and hang out. I'm going to be there. I have a wedding to do in Orlando later that night, but I'm going for an hour after, after church service just to see people and hang out because that means so much to me. Tribes, over time, show us how to belong. Now, if you were here for my opening message of this series, you know what our last uh, thing is that we're going to talk about today. But if you weren't, allow me to just refresh. Because this is, this is not an easy thing to discuss. This is, when I put this word up here, some of you are going to be mad. And some of you are probably going to, you know, maybe want to leave and never come back and say those people at the museum are nuts and they need to stay, you know, over there and you're never going to want to come back. That's okay. We can take it. We can pull up the pants. We got it. No problem. Okay, here's the deal. Uh, but this word that I'm going to put up, this idea, this thing, the local church hasn't embraced. 
The local church has stood against this thing for a long, long time, and I couldn't figure it out, but at Downtown Arbor Church, no, 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 we are taking a stance. We're going to be the first local church in the area, and I don't care if they write articles about us or say what they want to say. It doesn't matter. They can bash me all they want. They can tweet about me. It doesn't matter, right? Okay, but we are taking a stance on this one issue that for the first time ever, we are going to say yes to it. We are going to make sure that we understand how important this is in culture and how we need to embrace this so that we can understand that this is on the forefront of culture, specifically in our city, and we need to make sure that we are right in front of it, engaging with people right where they're at, thing that we're going to embrace it's fun let me ask you a question if you're like me has your experience within a local church been fun because I asked myself that very question as I started my church journey decades ago and the answer to that question was a resounding no and 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 they tried to have fun too I mean I don't know if you've been to like a standard, like typical, like a local church event, like, and they say, oh, we're going to have some fun. And I say, oh, are we now? And I was like on staff. And so like, I was forced to go to these events that churches had. And I got to tell you, like, like the, the idea of fun, like that most local churches have is let's get a, let's get a bounce house and let's, you know, make some snow cones and, you know, and you can have two if you want, but that's all you can have. And like, I don't, I don't know, then like somewhere along the way, someone said, man, we're going to have some fun together and we're going to like make some snow cones and we're going to get some clowns. Like, I don't know where like clowns came from, but they were clowns. And then like, and here's the deal. I don't know when this happened. And the, the church historically has just not been fun. It's brutal. It's boring. There's nothing fun about it. And when you hear the word event, it's just even worse. Why do you think we go to city events? Because they actually put on good events, right? The church events never are good. We've always experienced that, right? But here's what happened. Somewhere along the way, and I don't know when it was, the local church thought that God and fun couldn't coexist. I don't know when it happened, but somewhere along the way, it was said to me in my church journey, hey, and I'm, I'm being stereotypical here, hey, the only way that you can like, know Jesus and know God is to sit over there in that seat on that pew that is really bad for your back, and we're keeping all the chiropractors locally in town, right? we're keeping them in business locally, sit over there and wear a three-piece suit, and that's the only way that you can engage, right? And it's a, don't ever mention the F word, fun. Don't ever, because this... God is not fun, right? That's, I mean, that's what I've been told throughout my life. And I can't find that anywhere in the scripture. I find a lot of stuff that talks about us being joyful and glad and rejoicing in the Lord and um, being cheerful and having cheerful hearts. The last thing in my experience at local churches that I've ever had was fun. I mean, I was like the place for anti-fun, right? It was like school times 10. It was brutal. Okay, so anyway, now I'm done. I'm getting fired up up here, okay? Um, But here's what I wanted to say for whatever reason as well. And I'm not saying that there's not moments that we can't be serious inside the local church. Some of us have things going on in our lives that we need to deal with and that God's going to get us through and we need to have moments with him. That's not, it's not a problem. But here's what it's time to do. It's time to admit that we, you, the church, has a serious problem with being too serious. We have a serious problem with being too serious. So what we've said at Downtown Harbor Church is, for the first time ever, at least in our experience, we want this to be fun. We want kids and teenagers downstairs to have a ball and want to come back. We want our service to be filled with laughter and joy. It's not gonna, that's not to say we're not going to have moments we're going to deal with serious stuff. It's just to say that we want to have fun. That's why we go to city events that are already fun. I have to tell you, 
I have had more fun at those events that we've gone to than any time in my history with the local church. It's just been fun, right? So what do we do together? We do a couple of things based on Jesus' example. First one is we eat, right? Have a meal with each other. Have some time to celebrate with each other. We hang out. That's important. We just chill sometimes. Like I had friends over two weeks ago. What did we do? We sat on the couch and, I don't know, had a glass of wine and ate hummus. Like it was just, whoa, and we loved it, right? Hung out, okay? And then finally, we celebrate. We're going to have fun. Let's celebrate the heck out of what's going on through the lives of people at downtown Harbor Church and what's happening. We are a church that believes in joy and celebration. And this is not, don't miss this, this is not just because this is my idea and I want to just have fun and not be serious. No, no, no. This all comes directly from the scripture. It all comes directly from the text. Look at these. Look at, I'm not going to put the references up here, but you need to look at what the scripture says. May the righteous be glad. Those who are seeking after God, those who are followers of Jesus, may the righteous be glad, be happy, rejoice in the Lord always. That doesn't say be mad in the Lord always. It says rejoice, celebrate, and a time to dance, right? This is, this is important because I don't know if you've ever been out with me, um, like at a wedding or anything, but I cannot, like it's brutal, my dancing. It's the worst thing that you may have ever seen. It looks like someone convulsing. And so, like, and so I started to like, sort of to like really like look deep inside myself of like, hey, why are you such a bad dancer? What happened? And I determined that it was because I'm, I'm white. And so that, I don't have any rhythm and groove and that's an issue at times. And so, no, but, but you know, but I do it. I mean, I, I, I groove a little bit. You know why? Because we got to dance. Let's celebrate in the Lord, okay? Here we go. We're going on. Create a festival. Celebrate a festival to the Lord, right? A cheerful heart is good medicine. And finally, worship the Lord with gladness. If these are things in the scripture, what the heck is the church so serious all the time for? And you know this if you've engaged with other local churches and you're like, this is no fun. Because for some reason, somewhere along the way, the local church decided that fun and God couldn't coexist. And we do not believe that at Downtown Harbor Church. We think that Christians should be the happiest, most joyful people who are celebrating that have ever walked to the face of the earth. So let's have fun. See, we want to teach kids and teenagers this as well. Because I don't know if you know that one of the reasons that kids and teenagers walk away from the local church is because they claim that it's not fun and that it's boring. I've said this throughout my career working with kids and teenagers, that the worst thing that we could ever do, ever, was make the scriptures boring and irrelevant for children. So they don't come alive. They don't understand that they're relevant to their lives. And fun is encapsulated with that. See, we were made to enjoy and be enjoyed. We were made to enjoy. We were created by this supreme being, this creator that's bigger than we could ever understand or imagine. But we were made to enjoy and be enjoyed. That's why this is so important. Because if we're going to talk about tribes, the way that tribes get together is where they have fun together. Because fun over time equals connection. Fun over time equals connection. And related to kids and teenagers, fun over time convinces kids that you actually like them. Do you know that? Because if, and I know it's sometimes it's difficult to have fun with kids because we're adults and we're serious and we've been trained to be serious. And, but I mean, think about this. Fun over time convinces kids that you actually care about them, that you actually like them. Fun over time reconnects what has been disconnected. Think about this. 
let's say you're married or you've been married or you're in a relationship or you're dating or whatever your situation is and you have a disagreement, right? Because none of us have ever had disagreements you know, like with our significant other. Right? They're common, okay? When that happens and there's a separation or there's a moment that there's anger and you don't want to talk about it, you don't want to deal with it, when you have fun over time and just forget about that moment, when you don't focus on it anymore, here's what it does. It reconnects what has been disconnected. Fun over time fosters resilience. Fun over time fosters resilience. Fun over time makes people stronger. It makes them have stamina because they know that they're having fun together and they care about each other. And then fun over time authenticates forgiveness. You know that you can prove to someone that you've actually moved on and forgiven them when they experience fun over time. Think about that. Because you know what? A lot of us are way too serious. A lot of us think that this doesn't matter because we're adults and we have careers and we have bills and we have a, a mortgage and like we, we think that fun over time doesn't matter. What if you understood that fun over time matters more than you think it matters? I don't know if you ever walked in the doors of a church and you expected to leave here going, hey, what's the message about today? Go have some fun, right? But that's what I'm telling you to do. Go have some fun. Enjoy your one and only life. There's nothing in the scriptures that says that we shouldn't enjoy each other and ourselves and our families. Go do it. And if any local church tells you that you can't, allow me to tell you what I think. They're wrong, right? They are wrong because fun over time equals connection. And it's so important for us to get this right. And fun over time, it does something because you build friendships when you're having fun. Fun over time makes friendships go deeper. Fun over time makes friendships, the people who we're engaging with in our life, it makes them go deeper. And if Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself, you got to have some fun too because it's going to make those friendships go deeper. Now, if you were here for our one-year anniversary, I said kind of a version of this, but I'm going to kind of revisit it. I feel like the people who attend Downtown Harbor Church, even if I don't know you deep personal yet, if I don't know you on a deep level, there's a lot of you that I do, and I have to tell you, I think it's some of the best, most amazing people that I've ever met in my entire life. Do you know how I've got to know that about some people who are here? Because we've spent a whole lot of time having fun together. Sometimes too much fun, but a lot of times the fun is what makes our relationships go deeper, how they get stronger. So what does that mean for you? I'm going to kind of issue a challenge because I have a mic and I do that sometimes. That's good. I want to see if you're around and you're in town, I'm going to see as many people as we can next week across the street at the jazz festival. At the Downtown Harbor Church, like tent, we're going to have a tent. It's bring your own everything, okay? Food, drinks, whatever you want, chairs, whatever you want to bring. Just go, it's 45 minutes, an hour, hang out. Get to know someone that you don't know. Engage with someone different because this is the cool thing about tribes and fun. When you are on this extremely unique journey that we're on, planting a local church, this is something that you will probably never experience again in your life. Don't miss these moments, 
Don't miss the people who are sitting next to you. Don't miss what God's doing in your life. Don't miss looking side to side every once in a while because you're so focused on your daily tasks. Fun over time makes friendships go deeper. And at Downtown Harbor Church, the only thing that I'm going to pride myself on, if you hear nothing else, I want to pride myself on this. We're a group of people, and boy, we have some fun. And we're never going to apologize for it. When you understand that time is running out, for the influence that we have in the lives of kids and teenagers, we understand that moments matter. They matter more than we think they matter. That's why they need time over time to make a history worth repeating. That's why words equal direction in someone's life. That's why love can offer someone a sense of self-worth and stories equal perspective so that they can see things that they might have never seen before. And that's why tribes help them to understand how to belong. And that's why fun makes connection and relationship even better. What if we just understood this? Because these are all a reflection of how Jesus taught us to live and what he said to do with the people around us, those who are in our lives. So, do it. Let me pray. Dear God, I am um, just so thankful for who you are and what you do and the things that you've taught us to do throughout our life. God, may we all form these tribes, uh, little ones, big ones at Downtown Harbor Church so that we can know that we belong. We love you because that idea comes from you. We understand that because you first taught us that. So Jesus, convict our hearts to do it. And God, I'm so thankful for the idea of fun, that we can laugh and we can have a good time together and honor you in the process, that it doesn't have to be something that is just too serious that we'll never understand how to do. We can and help us to do it. Help us to do it, Jesus, we pray in your most holy name. Amen.